the Beaver Post Game Call-In Show on 1240 Joe Radio, 93.7 FM, and KEJOAM.com. Alongside Dale Hummel, I'm TJ Mathewson. The Beavers defeat UCLA tonight 36-24. to Plenty to talk about in this game. The Beaver offense putting up quite a performance against a UCLA defense that their previous season high, 13 points. Yet the Beavers on offense scored 29 and could have definitely had a lot more than that. We'll get into that as the show goes along. This postgame show is brought to you by University Honda. Drive home your new Honda from the University Honda, the other university in Corvallis. They make buying a car easy. 2150 Northwest 9th Street in Corvallis or at uhonda.com. Again, 2150 Northwest 9th Street or at uhonda.com. Go buy a car from University Honda. The way to contribute on this Beaver Post Game Colin show, the Downward Dog phone line, the University Honda text line, 541-497-5356. That's 541-497-KEJO. couple texts have come in, but we have both phone lines occupied. Andy and Mitchell will lead us off here on the University Honda Beaver Post Game Colin show. Andy, good evening. Oh, evening, TJ. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Well, can't complain. Six and one heading into the bye. Um, you know, I said it earlier this week on the Joe Beaver show, and I'll say it again. We will not lose in Reacher, TJ. We will not lose in Reacher. Not this year. Not in the Pac-2. Not in the Mountain West. Not in the reverse merger. Not in the NFL. It really doesn't matter. We will not lose again in Reacher. Not in the NFL. Well, I don't know. Who knows where we're going to end up, Teach? I mean, it's all just a just a merry-go-round at this point. We'll see what happens. 15 of, of 16 is quite impressive, I will say. That's right. It'll be even more impressive when we're winning games in the NFC West. <laughs> I hear it pays pretty well. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And I, I heard you uh, allude to it a little bit. Um, you know, could have scored more, like I said. I In my... <clears throat> or like you said, my thoughts were, yeah, we should have hung 50 on them easily. Um, I, I would say we played a B-minus to a C-plus game. The penalties were absolutely outrageous. Some were warranted. Some were definitely not. John McCartan yeah. finally gets somebody on the ground, and he is penalized for it. Not sure why. Um, but I think I think it just clearly showed, you know, the Beavers were the better team all night long. Yes, it was a little closer in the end than it than it should have been, but kind of sticks with the theme of this season. I think they're getting better week to week. I think they have another gear, and it's it's encouraging. I mean, you win by 12 and against a top 25 team, and I wouldn't say anyone's really satisfied. So I think that kind of speaks volumes of where the program is at and the trajectory of the team. I'm, I agree with all of that. Well, what else you got? Well, I don't think I'll ever get over to losing to Wazoo this year. What in the world was that all about? Yeah, did you watch that game? But I did not. I didn't get to watch much of it. I just kept just um, kept checking the score, and like I told you last week, I mean that quarterback, he is five foot one. I think he shrunk two inches. Yeah, last since week. last week. <laughs> since last week, and he is just dicing people up. So I'm a. You know, if we, if we do recall, I'm sure we, we have the recording somewhere in the archives, but on the first Joe Beaver show of the year, I did give my predictions, and my, my trap game was Arizona down in Tucson, and, and Jim Wilson on the post game mentioned that 
I was his trap game at the start of the year, so I feel like I'm I'm justified there, and now I'm even more scared than I was. I don't want to get too far down the road, but that that's starting to look scary. I mean, you see a 44 to six win in Pullman, and you're kind of thinking, what in the world? We, yeah, that 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 one's gonna haunt us for a while. We would be sitting really pretty right now with tons of room for error, um, but unfortunately, we stroked. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to dive a little bit more into Arizona and learn a little bit more about this short king they have down there, of course. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, I agree, though, Andy. I, I, I think that uh, I think a trip down to the desert, as you guys probably know, is never a, never a, a, never an easy thing for, for a team up here in the Pacific Northwest. Agreed, agreed. And, yeah, I think, uh, do, do you know, does Arizona have a bind going into that game as well? Mm, that's a good question. Let me look. Do you got anything okay. else while I look at this up? Yeah, while you're doing that, since I always make you do research on my calls. Um, <laughs> yes, I do have. Um, I do think, though, on the, on the positive side, not to be a, a doomsday prepper, um, yes, Arizona does have a short team. They might have a controversy between him and Delora going into that game. But I do think by the time we take the field in Tucson, giving the, given the win tonight, plus next week, during the bye, I think we'll see a top 10 Beaver team taking the field down there. Hmm. I need to take a look at the top 25. This question was also asked of me in the press box. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I think, I think like, right. I think probably this week we're probably, you know, probably 13, maybe 12. And then you got to think somebody will lose the following week while we're sitting idle. So it's not out of the realm of possibilities that they, they could be around that, that 10 top 10 mark. So, just something to think about, but apparently being a top ten team, you know, we're not we're not power five or power four, um, yeah, you know, or whatever it's going to be. But anyways, you know, not to beat a dead horse. Yeah, Arizona does and, have a uh, bye next week, by the way, Andy. They do have a bye. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that, that I think that makes it. I think that elevates the trap game. It totally, it totally does. And then the other interesting caveat to that is, I think because I heard a lot this week that Delora was going to reassume his role, essentially. But I think they waited one more week thinking he wasn't fully healthy. That's, that's what I heard. I don't have confirmation on that. But now at this point, I mean, you got to think with the way, with the way Fafita has played, I mean, that's, that's going to be a controversy. That's going to be an interesting bye week for them sorting that out um, as to who's going to start the game. But, yeah, Oregon State's definitely going to have to have to play at a high level to get out of Tucson um, with, with a win. I mean, it's always hard to play there anyway, but those guys are those guys are sneaky good. I think the last two boxes to check is seven o'clock and Pac-12 Network, and then then you got the full <laughs> full circle. That's right. That's right. That's right. And uh, I guess the last thing I, I would say, you know, I know we got a lot of a lot of callers eager to eager to get in, so I want to yield to some of my uh, Beaver Nation homies, but. Um, I just want to say, or maybe ask, is there really any difference between Willie Taggart, Mario Cristobal, and Dan Lanning? Because from my perspective, it looks like Oregon definitely has a type. And that would be an A-plus recruiter, a B-minus press conference warrior, and probably an S in-game coach and developer. Am I missing something? Well, I thought I think Willie Taggart's a clear tier below the other two. Uh, Cristobal and Lanning. I need to do some research on that. I would, but I, Andy, I, I, you know, I see your Twitter account. I see what you guys tweet, and I think you guys are a little bit more on top of it than I am. 
Well, geez, I mean, you got to have, you know, you got to have good sources. And wherever you go beyond uh, Joe Radio in your lifetime, it's good to have solid, strong sources, and we are happy to be that for you. Oh, thank you, Andy. I appreciate it. I will say the one thing I got a kick out of with Dan Lanning this week was him snapping at the reporters after the uh, after practice one day. I'm just wondering if he's going to get that fed up, why he even bothers talking after practice. I'm sure he doesn't have to, but I thought that was interesting. Not great management on yeah. his part. No, no. I saw him even threaten to pull some credentials or close off practices, and it's not the first time he's gotten angry with the local media, and it's, it's, just, it's just one of those things that, yes, very lucky to have uh, Jonathan. Um, he's as he's as steady as they come. But yeah, you know, Dan's kind of got a little bit of a complex. It's starting to seem like. And go back and keep that post game handshake. A little short, a little short with the boar. So, you know, I don't want to read too much into it. But like I said, glad we have Niner. Maybe Zach Malloy, Oregon State grad, turned duck. Doesn't think so. But I'm glad we have Jonathan Smith. That's a good way to end it, Andy. Thanks for calling in. Thanks, Peach. All right, appreciate it. That's 541-497-KEJO. I believe we have Tyler on next. We'll go to Tyler on the Downward Dog phone line. Tyler, good evening. Good evening, TJ. Uh, I should start by saying it's a great day to be a Beaver, not just because of what happened in our game, but the outfit down the road also took a loss, which I said was a good thing for us. Yes. And so I have a few thoughts. Uh, I guess the first one is, like, I'm getting more and more confident in the offense as each game progresses, but but at the same time, I'm getting a little less confidence in the defense each time I see them. I'll start with the offense first. I was uh, thinking going into this game, I didn't speak it on the tailgate show, but I was thinking, I just hope they don't do anything to actually lose the game. You know, it was kind of like, I use this word a lot. It's a workmanlike performance, but all they needed to do was make sure they didn't make the uh, fatal error, and they looked pretty good against a uh, defense that, let's face it, it's been uh, pretty good up till now. Mm-hmm. On the uh, flip, on the uh, flip side, I remain fairly concerned about how our defense looks, particularly the interior rushing defense. I mean. My dad keeps asking me what's going on with the linebackers. I really don't have an answer for him, and I see us missing a lot of tackles, and it's starting to become a little more concerning each week. Yeah, it is. Uh, You look at the numbers against Cal, 200-plus rushing yards, and then this week, I mean, you were facing a quarterback with a deer in the headlights and and couldn't complete anything down the field, and you still allowed all these rushing yards. Chip Kelly, you give him some credit with scheme and and stuff, but – once it's once it uh, it's two weeks in a row, it's less of an outlier and more of an issue. You're right. Yeah, uh, I I don't want to like to- uh, totally uh, be a ring, uh, right on the page. They made the plays when they counted, especially like they're they're making kind of a bend or break mentality. But I feel like you can only do that so long before you actually get burned. I mean, look what happened to USC tonight. Oh, look at what happened to the defense. Three weeks ago in Pullman. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I remain I remain fairly impressed with our special teams kickoff coverage. Usually, the uh, kicker is like hitting the ball in the end zone. I don't remember UCLA returning any kicks. Now that might not seem like much, but for the longest time we had a terrible time 
getting a touchback. So I'm impressed by that. Also, have you ever seen that call before about you? this wasn't roughing the kicker because he was outside the tackle box? I have not. No, but it, I guess it makes sense because he would turn into a runner technically. Yeah, I, that one seemed a little puzzling. Eh, puzzling to me. Um, let's see. I only I don't have too much, and I'm not nearly as spicy as I was last week. Uh, I liked the uh, decision making by the coaches a lot more to, tonight. I felt when they decided to like take a gamble, it was a lot more of an upside call than a, as in there was a far less to lose than there was to gain by doing so. Like the a two point conversion, for example. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm uh, wondering how are you feeling about the uh, whole inserting tiles in the uh, middle of the uh, game still thing. I mean, it worked out tonight, but I don't know how I feel about disrupting the offense's rhythm like that still. I know why they're doing it. It hasn't disrupted the offensive rhythm yet sans the Utah game. I still think there's some risk there, but that's up for the coaching staff to decide on that risk, and they seem okay with it. Yeah, I mean, it's not like I don't trust them to get the job then I just feel like I just feel like if it ain't broke don't fix it for lack of a better term that's a fair point and, uh, yeah I think it's a good thing that Arizona is like dealing with this whole like uh, quarterback controversy now because now I don't think Oregon State's going to be surprised and don't know to like spend some time checking on what both of them do like I, you said last week, Cal's quarterback kind of came out of nowhere. There's film on both of these guys, and they have time to study it. Yep, that's true. Telly, got anything else? Uh, yeah, the uh, ne- the uh, next two games have been like kind of – I've circled that at the start of the season just because they're uh, both road games. And I think if we can get through this, we have a fairly good shot at going uh, – let's 10-1 going into Eugene. Yes, I am including the Washington game because I am not scared of anybody when we play at home. By the way, speaking of the uh, home stadium, I think, uh, let's see, the stadium's good when they're invested, but I think it's even more effective when they're all angry. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree, Tyler. Uh, you got anything uh, else? Um. Uh, one more question that's sure. not nearly not not specifically beaver related. I was just curious if you had to put in a top four right now for the playoff, who do you think it would be? And do you think Oregon State has any shot at uh, shoot, uh, shooting up that ladder? By the way, shooting up it right now. Yeah, they're not in the top four right now. No, 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 no. I said, you think Oregon State has any shot at competing with anybody on that list? So competing on the football field with anyone in the top four currently? No, 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 no. I said, who, if, you were, if you were the playoff committee, who would you put in the top four right now? And do you think Oregon State has a shot against anybody you would put in the top four? I'll think about it during the commercial break, Tyler. I, 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 I need to take a look at the top 25 first. Thanks for calling in. we got to get to a break. This is the University Honda Beaver Postgame Call-In Show. Alongside Dale Hummel, I'm TJ Matthewson. You can text or call 
We appreciate both. We got a phone line open if you want to call in right now. That number, 541-497-5356. Back in a little bit on Joe Radio. Samaritan Health Plans offers the only locally managed Advantage plans for residents of Benton, Lincoln, and Lynn Counties. Starting at just $19 a month, you can get prescription drug coverage, a transportation benefit, comprehensive dental care, and more. Attend a non-obligation neighborhood meeting or webinar or talk to a local Medicare expert at 866-747-5267. That's 866-747-5267. Or visit samhealthplans.org slash Medicare. Samaritan Advantage Health Plans is an HMO with a Medicare contract. Enrollment in Samaritan Advantage health plans depends on contract renewal touchdown fever if you're ready to tackle your financial game plan it's time to huddle up with the best and meet the coaching staff at tax and wealth management david mendenhall bill heck and robert berry with over 45 years of experience they know the entire playbook when it comes to tax planning retirement and business strategies so don't fumble call or stop by tax and wealth management in corvallis or visit taxandwealthmanagement.com The Inkwell Home Store has been an Oregon shopping destination for over 50 years. Looking for furniture for your home or office? Some new cookware or a thoughtful gift idea? Stop by and explore what's new at the Inkwell Home Store. Quality service and family owned on 3rd Street, downtown Corvallis. Kitchenware, furniture, gifts, oh my. Inkwell Home Store. After today's big game, it's time to celebrate with Abby's Legendary Pizza. For nearly 60 years, we've been the go-to place for families and teams celebrating all the big plays and great memories. And this season, you can celebrate with Abby's anywhere. Name the spot and we'll deliver legendary pizzas, chicken, salads, and everything you need to feed your team. Order now at abbys.com and we'll see you after the game. Abby's, a legendary pizza tradition this and every season. On the Beaver Post Game Call-In Show, TJ Matthewson and Dale Hummel. This post-game show brought to you by University Honda at 2150 Northwest 9th Street in Corvallis or at uhonda.com. They make buying a car easy. Need a new Honda? Go check out our friends at University Honda. 541-497-5356. That's the Downward Dog phone line and the University Honda text line. Tyler, to answer your question, get like the top four is... And the AP poll right now is probably who would get in the playoff. I, I, if I were to take a guess, I don't know if I'd put Oklahoma in. And like Oklahoma or Florida State, that's kind of nitpicking there for a second. But the top three are, are, are pretty set in stone with Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State. I think, I think Washington might be five now. You, they might make a case for four. But again, West Coast teams, as you know, never, never, ever get the benefit of the doubt. So Washington very much might be... Uh, six next week or five, but they wouldn't be in the top four. So I think probably the current top four of Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, and Florida State as of right now would be your playoff four, but that's why we don't make the playoff after week seven. Let's go to Roscoe on the Downward Dog phone line. Roscoe, good to hear from you. How are you doing, DJ? I'm good. How are you? I tell you, this is an even better, extra special day in Beaver Nation. The Beavers won, the Ducks lost, and nobody really got hurt, you know, out for the year type hurt. We've made it halfway through the season with very little injuries. 
Yeah, I would say there were a couple concerning things on the injury front. I think Jake Levengood didn't play tonight. I think Ryan Cooper Jr. didn't finish, but you're no ACLs, as you were saying. Yeah, yeah, you know, no one play and you're done for the year. That's mm-hmm. that happens. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What else is on your mind? Well, I know we all get upset with all the penalties, but boy, you know, when you're out there playing football in the big game, you're so focused on what you're doing, and you got to beat them and. In high school, one play, I got two penalties on one play. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, you just, yeah. I know it's all really frustrating. What do we have, 95 yards in penalties? Yeah, 11 for 95. Yeah, so. It's too much, but tonight, yeah, know, you, could, but tonight you could have afforded it because you were playing so well otherwise. But yeah, down the stretch, the hardest... you, you got those final two weeks of the season that uh, everyone has circled in bright highlighter. You can't make those mistakes in those games. Yeah, but it's one of the, you know, you can't really control it because they're all human beings and, and we can't really, wouldn't have time to criticize the officiating in the Pac-12, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they will only be Pac-12 officials for uh, how many more months? Six? Yeah, Seven? A couple weeks. Yeah, so it's. Yeah, I tell you, uh, what a tragedy. All right, well, yeah. Bill Beavs, wonderful day. Yahoo. All right. Later. Thanks, Roscoe. Five four one four nine seven five three five six. I think I see Ryan next up on the Downward Dog phone line. Let's go to Ryan. Good evening. Hey, TJ. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, I'll start off and make this this part short. I don't want to spend too much time on the team down the road, but um, it was a, it was good to see them uh, take a take a bit of a punch to the chin today. I. I don't want to be pessimistic or negative about the team, but I have to at least say that Ferguson's injury at the end was suspect. Yeah, he there's no way he was hurt. There's no then, way. And then grabbed his right knee. Yeah. And that's two years in a row they've yeah. done that against yeah. Washington. Two I, years in a row. I said the same thing as soon as I saw it on live television. I was like, that, that is too coincidental. There's no chance. And then nobody touched him. It's ridiculous. Yeah, to me. no, they just all um, just can do that. I, it's it's infuriating. Yep, yep, yep. And you know I, I don't know. So there are fines for that, aren't there? For for the staffs or the school or a reprimand? Yeah, I, there there should be. They should have probably had sanctions for years now. But you know what? But they'll get away with it because that's duck luck. But you know what? I think the good Lord said, you know what? I see him cheating. We're going to make a miss of this field goal. So yeah. it all worked out. Would, yeah, I'd say it balances out. What about tonight's game? Um, tonight's game, um, the first thing I, I just want to mention is that um, the past every game, they've been running, Oregon State has been running this like flat pitch play to Danny or Fenway because whoever's in the game, it never seems to go anywhere. And I, I kept telling myself, hey, they must have a wrinkle for this. A reason they're running this play never goes anywhere. And tonight they faced that pitch and ran a nice pass I think it was to Google to take the pitch. And so I'm glad that finally panned out for us. Um, hey, Ryan, you sound a little muffled right now. Ryan, you sound a little muffled. Is your mic pushing into anything? How's this? Oh, much better. <laughs> Good. Okay. Uh, so I, I don't know how much of that you heard, but I'll, I'll make it shorter. So they've been running this flat pitch play to whoever's the running back, and it never goes anywhere. But tonight they finally put in a wrinkle 
I kept telling myself there's a reason they're running this, and they faked that pitch and ran it, or they threw it to, I think it was Gould, for a nice gain. So they finally got something off of that play. It's been horrendous up until now. So uh, so what, under center, just straight pitch to a empty a wide side of the field? No, it's been shotgun to a, like a pitch lateral. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. I think I know, I can picture what play you're talking about. Hit gold on like a slant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I got it. So I got a picture in my mind. Yeah. Finally, they ran that wrinkle, which I was like, okay, there's a reason they finally put something on. Anyway, it was good. So that um, obviously DJ's on fire. I, for all the people saying that he should be benched for child, to eat their words at this point. He's <laughs> clearly showing us why he has a starting job. Yes. No. Well, I've. I've been, I've been, I was there. I, I, was, uh, I was not one of those people. So, um, And, again, like everything, like we, like we saw when he first got here, he needed time. And when he first started, hey, when you give him a little bit of time. You lose two, three games in a row, then maybe you start worrying. But, you know, Beavers lost one game and, uh, and have managed to, to rebound since. And in that stretch, uh, the real DJ has showed, and it's been quite a, quite a nice thing to see. Yeah, and, and he clearly has enough time in the pocket, which was, I was surprised. I thought he would get a lot more pressure tonight from those really good edge rushers that they have for UCLA, but he seemed to be really comfortable back there tonight and made some really good throws. So that's great to see from our line, especially with a couple guys being up. So. Yeah, and he was making good throws with pressure, too. It wasn't just with good protection around him. That Velling touchdown he hit down the seam, he got smacked. Right, as, right after he let the ball go. So credit to him to hang in there and not let that one go a little bit too far to to get too, I guess, too happy, uh, too happy hands or whatever the terminology would be of him throwing it too early. So that that was good, too. I think you're, you're right. His awareness has been good. And overall, just his command of the offense is just he's so comfortable in it now. And it, and it looks like this is the offense he should be running. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, it it's nice to have a six-four, two hundred twenty-five pound quarterback that can take a hit. One of them, he got hit. He came up laughing, and it was just so delicious just to see that he goes, "Oh yeah, no problem." It was just a little tickle, and he gets up and throws some strikes. It's it's just it's different from what we've seen in the past couple of years. Yeah, it absolutely has. What else you got? Um, I think that our run defense um, leaves something to be leaves me wanting. Um, our pass defense, obviously, we had a lot of picks tonight. We had pick six, but I just feel like we haven't reached our peak with our run defense. It seems like there's too many holes that uh, we kind of give up, and I I think there's just something there that we need to clean up. I think it's – I'm not a film junkie. I probably need to rewatch this game to, to get a better idea. But I, 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 a lot of it, I think, boils down to tackling, really. I mean, the tackling, again, tonight was not great. And they, UCLA wasn't really killing you through the air. So I don't know, I, I don't know how much the secondary was uh, – it like, wasn't great. The defense was not great tonight. But it was good enough, which I think is, at this point, all you need uh, for a home-ranked win. Mm-hmm. And I, I think to echo one of the previous callers that it's 
Racer is actually a hard place to play now. You know, we, people talk about rice eccles, they talk about oxen, they talk about all these places that's hard to play. Guess what? Today, in 2023, in the dissolving Pac-12, Reeser is one of the hardest places to play in the Pac-12, and you can't tell me otherwise. I don't think anyone would argue with you. I really don't. Yeah. Um, and on that note, just watching the game tonight, it's been, it's been a pattern. I've, I've been a Beaver fan my whole life, and it's, it's just been a pattern even the past couple of years that every time I watch one of these games, the, the announcers, the national media, just downplays Oregon State to as if we're some like Mountain West team that doesn't deserve. We're the number 15 team in the nation. Like, get it through your head that we're actually good at football. It just infuriates me to no end. Oh, so and so. Um, I don't think he got the first down when we clearly are a yard and a half past the sticks. Like, get it through your thick skull that we are good at football. I'm done with it. Wow. Okay. Impassioned. Was that was that a theme on the broadcast tonight? To me, and I could be biased. I'm willing to admit that I'm wrong, but it just seemed like at every turn it was, oh, this UCLA defense. Oh, you know, the, the Oregon State offense is struggling a little bit on this and that. And I just feel like it's always biased mm-hmm. with whoever is not Oregon State. Okay. And it's, it's infuriating to me. Like, when we, are, we, we beat a top-10 team, we beat this UCLA team that has one of the greatest defenses in the Pac-12. Big deal. Big freaking deal. I'm done. We will be in Vegas in November. See you there. Okay, that's a great way to end the call, Ryan. Thanks for calling in. 541-497-5356. Let's get to the University Honda text line. I've been neglecting the text line a little bit too much. Someone putting in some good context. I'm sure a lot of you are aware of this. Oregon State, in the last 15 games, 13 wins, 2 losses. Those 2 losses are by combined 6 points. It's a pretty good stretch, if I'm going to say. 15 out of the last 15 games, 13 wins, two losses. Both those to the two Washington schools. Jeff texting in, uh, reminding Arizona as a bye. Thank you. Amy also said, yes, Arizona as a bye. Thanks, guys. Great win at home. Uh, did Mike get the facilities department to open his window in the press room? I had binoculars and it sure looked like it. Yeah, I think Mike has his window open. I think he got it opened after week one. Doug texting in uh, something technical. Kurt from Philomath. Some thoughts heading into the bye week. Felt good about the Oregon State offense. Nice balance of run and pass. Glad to see the Beavers use their tight end more in the passing game. Defensively, room for improvement against the run and pass. Need to improve our tackling and play more sound interior defense. Need to be more consistent overall on defense. The past two games have raised my concern about our defense against the likes of Washington, Oregon, and even Colorado. Finally, I hope the wa- loss at Washington State doesn't come back to haunt us, but all in all, sitting 6-1 and one, looking pretty good, and I still don't think Oregon State has played their best football yet. I would agree with that, Kurt. In the end, I don't think that loss to Washington State matters if you win out. That's it. That's all that. Winning out is all that matters, I think. We can talk about optics of a loss, but if we're... It, I would say, okay, in a bull sense, right? If you, so, you, let's start at the top. 
you're not making the playoff with two losses, right? And so you'd have to win out no matter what. And I'm going to be on it. Those two games at the end of the season, sorry, those three games say you would win out at the end of the season, Washington, Oregon, and whoever you play in Vegas would be the resume you need to get in, despite of what you've already done, by the way. So that Washington State loss, I don't think would matter all that much. I think wins, I think the committee has proven that wins over probably a top 10 Washington team, potentially, again, by then a top 10 Oregon team on the road, and then potentially maybe one of those teams again in a top 10 matchup in Vegas would catapult you in in no matter what. Now, with the New Year's Six, I mean, you go 10-2, and two, I mean, that would be kind of nitpicking a little bit. I'm, uh, that would That's kind of in the gray area for me on would a bowl committee be like, yeah, they lost to Washington State who ended up being 6-6 six and six on the road. Yeah, so they can, uh, can't play in the Fiesta Bowl at 10-2. and two. That would be, yeah, that's kind of my gray area. I don't know how I would judge that. It is interesting, I guess, to think about the optics. You can think of that and say, oh, hey, we should have won, which they, now looking back, yeah, they should have. But at the end of the season, you take care of business. I'm not sure that loss matters all that much, especially since early season losses really don't matter as much as, say, the Beavers were undefeated going into, let's say, the Washington game and lost at home. That would hurt probably more than it would losing earlier in the season at Washington State. Bob Keith noting that Oregon does not uh, UCLA does not play Oregon and Washington. Uh, it's a good note. I, I, we brought it up on the tailgate show. I think I might have. But why this game was so important for UCLA is that their schedule to end the season is pretty much a cakewalk. They... They could have run the table the rest of the season. They could have beat USC. USC looked terrible tonight. The USC was their toughest game left on their schedule. The rest were the bottom six teams in the Pac-12. So they could have potentially went out and been a conference contender, but now as we saw in the field, they're not. Two losses for UCLA. They're toast. It seems Paul uh, might call back. We'll, 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 get to, we'll get to that Oh, as we see that, the phone line ringing. Let's see, Texter texting in here. Um, I don't have a name on this person, but great win for the Beavs. DJU looks a lot more comfortable than he did in the Washington State game. Andy and Mitchell adding in after his call, large sample size. Which quarterback would you select in a blind taste test? I do like games. The one that went 14 for 33 with one touchdown and three interceptions, or the one that went two for two with a touchdown and no picks? Hmm. Wonder who those could be. To Roscoe's point, I think we had a one play and done for the year. It might have been the official non-contact injury. Um, I think we had a one and done. It uh, might have been that. Oh, the official. Okay, I was really confused with that text. It's like a beaver didn't do that. But uh, yeah, I missed the referee going down and, and having to leave the game. That that might have been it. Good good job, Annie. Way to stay on top of that. I do have a question, I guess, for the listeners. Now that this has come up a couple times now, especially thinking about the Washington State loss, I don't even know how to frame this. It's like, is it like a playoff aspiration now? Is it? I think it is, right? I think that it was at the beginning of the season, but now, like, it absolutely is. It has to be. And that's something you can spend the whole bye week thinking about. But but it has to be, right? I'm not crazy. Tell me if I'm crazy on the text line. 541-497-5356. We've got another break to take. We'll take that now. We'll get back to more phone calls and more texts when we return on the Beaver Post Game Call-In Show on Joe Radio.
The staff at McHenry Funeral Home is often asked, if you pre-plan your funeral, do you have to prepay? The answer is no. In fact, the majority of people who make their final arrangements in advance don't prepay. Leaving instructions for your loved ones is what really matters. Those instructions speak for you when you cannot and makes it easier at a very difficult time. At McHenry Funeral Home, there's never a charge for pre-planning. Stop by or give them a call. McHenry Funeral Home in Corvallis, owned and operated by a family who cares. Tackle your to-do list this season and find the right Aetna Medicare plan for you in your home state of Oregon. With Aetna Medicare Advantage plans, you can get a zero-monthly plan premium with hospital, medical, and prescription drug coverage. Plans also include dental, vision, and hearing benefits. Be the star quarterback of your health. Call us for personalized coverage review now at 1-833-771-7542. TTY-711. Aetna Medicare is an HMO, PPO plan with Medicare contract. RSMPs also have contracts with state Medicaid programs. Enrollment in our plans depends on contract renewal. Plan features and availability. May vary by service area. The Albany VFW wants to remind you that they are now open to the public for dinner every Friday night beginning at 5 and for breakfast on Sunday morning from 8 until 11. The Friday dinner menu changes every week, so go to the VFW's Facebook page for details. The Albany VFW is proud to sponsor several local scholarship programs and essay contests. VFW membership is growing. Stop in and see if you qualify for a post or an auxiliary membership. VFW Post 584 is located behind Power Honda at 4 1469 Timber Street in Albany. Touchdown, Beavers! If you're ready to tackle your financial game plan, it's time to huddle up with the best and meet the coaching staff at Tax and Wealth Management. David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, and Robert Berry. With over 45 years of experience, they know the entire playbook when it comes to tax planning, retirement, and business strategies. So don't fumble. Call or stop by Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis or visit taxandwealthmanagement.com. It's the Beaver Post Game Call-In Show on 1240 Joe Radio. You can also find us on 93.7 FM and online streaming worldwide at KEJOAM.com. This Beaver Post Game Call-In Show presented by University Honda, 2150 Northwest 9th Street in Corvallis. Drive home your new Honda from University Honda. They make buying a car easy online at uhonda.com. Let's get back to the phone lines, 541 497 Five three five six. Paul is up first. Paul, good evening. Hey, yeah, TJ. Number one, we're always disrespected when we play the Southern California schools. That's just a fact of life. And another thing, did you see how many players UCLA had? Did on the sideline, that many. Did you ever seen that many players on an away squad? They had five buses. <laughs> uh, well, I yeah, aren't, the traveling, aren't the traveling rosters uniform? No, evidently not. They're, usually, they're supposed to be about seventy-five or eighty. Yeah, it must be the big ten money. It's a big ten money paying for the extra buses. <laughs> I don't know, TJ. But let's let's get to the meat of the game. If anybody would have been watching UCLA's Offensive line was blocking our linebackers. That's why the runs, there were so many big runs because our, our backfield, our defensive backfield had to make the tackles. It wasn't because they were out of position, they got blocked. And you, you give UCLA credit for that. I mean, there was some, 
you know, there was some in tackling. Some of these guys were, they were hard to bring down. It was like, it wasn't actually a missed tackle. It was, they were trying to tackle a guy and he got away. You know, I mean, there's, uh-huh. a, there's a difference between, between a guy missing a tackle and they almost got him tackled, but the guy, you know, he gets away from them and somebody else has to tackle him. I mean, these guys were tough to bring down. They were, they were good sized. Well, if you wrap a guy, if you get two arms on a guy and he gets away from you, I, I, I don't, I think if he, if he gets away or you just miss, it still counts the same because you didn't get him on the ground. Right, right, right. Well, and these, these guys were tough to bring down. There's no doubt about that. And there's some, but, uh, some really good runners in this conference in the, in the last two weeks. The Beavers have seen a couple of them. That, I would say I don't know if that excuses the tackling, but I think both can be true. Oh, yeah, and I think that, uh, you know, a couple of and there was another thing that you really did really well. A play would go to the right-hand side, and and, it, and there was no room. The guy would cut back to the opposite side, and we didn't have anybody over there. Because the play was going, you know, to the right, and then all of a sudden it's to the left. Well, there was nobody over there to tackle the guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's, that's kind of an aberration, you know, when something like that happens. And you always got to take into context the offensive guy on the other side. He's, he's done a thing or two. Well, that's absolutely right. And uh, but uh, what, what's important is our defense came in the fourth quarter and stuffed him. And I think a lot of the credit goes to the crowd because they had two or three all starts and just, you know, they went backwards when they got down to like our 17 yard line. I think mm-hmm. they ended up on like the 30 or something like that when we, yeah. we stopped them on fourth down. But I mean, it was just a, I mean, and I think that those bad calls like the, like the, uh, uh roughing the quarterback, how do you rough a quarterback on a, on a run? I mean, come on. Guy's got the ball. You guys got the ball. You're tackling him. I I don't know why that call was made. The only rational thing I could think of is they meant face mask. Was there a face mask? I no. The, the guy, the, the the referee made the motion like it was a horse collar. Huh. He had to. I mean, if if you didn't see the play, I did see the play. Yeah, I I watched the replay of it too, well, and couldn't believe why the play why they called it. Because it happened so fast, the referee made a mistake. Yeah, because well, not the, the first time that's happened. The blocker was blocking him, and, and the quarterback came right around the blocker, and McCartan just put his arm out and just stuck the guy. Yep. And, it, it, and I think that's what happened was the play was so violent, right, and the referee just blew it, period. Uh-huh. Yep. It was so, it was so violent and quick. You know what I'm saying? It was yeah, like. I, I got you. <laughs> I got you, Paul. I mean. Yeah, but, uh, hey, that's the thing. I think that fired everybody up, and I think that had a big impact on the rest of the game. A hundred percent. What else you got? Hey, uh, that's about all I got, and uh, we will talk to you later, Matt. All right, see you in two weeks, Paul. Five four one four nine seven five three five six. The Beaver Post Game Call In Show. You can call us on the Downward Dog phone line or text in on the University Honda text line. Let's get to a couple of texts. Let's go to Jeff here. Who's taller, uh, Peter uh, Dinklage or Zona's freshman quarterback? I'm very curious, actually, how tall this kid is. So I'm going to Google Arizona. Actually, you know what? We'll save that for the break. I'm curious. I mean, I've heard 5'1". I think we might have looked this up last week, but I probably forgot. If, so, if the text line wants to tell me how tall that Arizona quarterback is, please let me know. Because I, 
I have no idea. Andy says 5-1. I've got to say, if you can stand behind some of these offensive linemen we see at 5-1, man, you should probably be playing in the NFL. Because somehow you figured it out, and guys like Russell Wilson have it. Question uh, from Kurt. Do I know why Corey Stover did not play tonight? Kurt, I do not. I don't. I think he's been pretty spotty in the lineup, health-wise. But uh, that's, I guess, all I would know. Merrill Jr. texting in. Wonderful call. UCLA front seven was legit. Rarely do teams' front sevens live up to the hype against Oregon State. They were big, athletic, and hit hard. Offensive line pass protection, impressive. Chip Kelly uh, stroked and did not play the number uh, number nine running quarterback nearly enough. I agree with this take 100%. Nearly enough with Dante Moore looking lost. Moore can make all the throws, but stares down a lot of guys. Uh, Beavers played too deep the whole game, tried to prevent anything deep. Usually running backs, best group in the conference by best group in the. Uh, I, I assume you mean best group, not meaning Oregon State or Merrill. Are you serious? Best group? Because, I mean, you're allowed to have that take. I'm, I, that'd be interesting. Uh, I, you know, those guys didn't impress me tonight. So thanks for that text, Merrill. Let's see. Ryan. Adding in after his call, playoff not out of the question, no biased opinion. It's plausible. Feel like the year is still wide open. I think my question was, I didn't see many answers. Uh, like, am I crazy for, like, it? Like, playoff is still right, the exception, right? I'm not, like, I'm not past it, right? At this point, you should expect that. You will be favored in now probably every game the rest of the way until you go on the road to Eugene. You'll be 10-1 and one if you play to your favorites. And that's the case, right? That's the expectation. So I'm not crazy. Andy uh, texting back in. He had a he has a photo of Julio at the Husky game. I say he does look good in purple. I know some people here might want him in orange, but uh, good picture, Andy. Where'd you get this? I saw his uh, saw his social media popping off with some of that stuff. He was the only Seattle celebrity there, of course, but one of my favorites to show up there. I'm glad he glad he did uh, did. Uh, Go in. Okay, we got two calls waiting. Who's first? Gunner. All right, let's go to Gunner on the Downward Dog phone line. Gunner, good evening. Hey, good evening. Hey, I just wanted to make a comment. I'm super proud of Oregon State uh, and this team to be 6-1 and one, and just the way that they're winning games, especially, you know, against Cal on the road, Utah home, and UCLA. They're just doing a really good job. Like tonight, I mean, I mean, when's the last time we've seen, you know, deep touchdown pass throws uh, from an Oregon State football team that are just like, burning teams beat uh, on the money passes? Um, it's just a, uh, I'm just really proud of Oregon State um, and the teams that they're beating and the way that they're beating them. Um, and yeah, you know, there's always things you can find here and there, but overall, um, and DJ is improved uh, week in and week out. Um, and I, I contribute uh, that to DJ and to the coaching staff. It's been great to watch. Yeah, it absolutely has been. I think that's a great observation on DJ. Do you got anything else? That's it. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Gunnar. Thanks for the call. 541-497-5356. We do have a line open now. Who is the other? Billy. Okay. Let's go to Billy on the Downward Dog phone line. Good evening. Hey there, TJ. What's up, bud? How are we doing? Doing well. You know, ever since I left the Northwest after being in Oregon State, those 
those, uh, you know, formidable years. It's just amazing to me that FS1 and basically Fox Sports, given the fact that they're based in L.A., still bow down to the L.A. media precedent, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that all of them have to return home or they are literally broadcasting from home via COVID days where they're just immediately biased to the point where, you know, what's-his-face comes up in in dialogue with Spencer Tillman, who was an abomination in the form of no respect towards, you know, Oregon State, in my opinion, mm-hmm. saying that Troy Aikman just texted me. And it's kind of like, well, Troy Aikman just texted you. I kind of understand why you guys are both just saying and, and keeping the dialogue and going back to L.A. like you are, you know, mm-hmm. because – you know, or your home base, your, you know, your, I know that that's where their main offices are. I don't know where they, you know, respectively live themselves. But at the same time, it's just, it literally is, you know, I know other colors have called it out, but it just drives me up the wall about how slanted and how there was no real true, you know, like the last time I remembered, you know, like growing up and being taught about, Forecasters and how they're supposed to remain unbiased, that day and age no longer exists, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's very biased, going one direction. And I think it discounts and kind of is, um, is, is, um, is not favorable to the overall viewing, you know, pleasure of, of, of the overall audiences. And you can't point out some of the basic phenomenal football that Oregon State displayed tonight. I mean, I know it wasn't rock star top three in the country all the time, but who is these days? Uh, yeah, that's you know, a good question. Really, we played some really solid football tonight, you know, against what was arguably a really great defense in the Pac-12, you know, that's no longer going to exist. You know, which keeps they keep bringing that narrative up, which I think is a dead narrative. I mean, we all know that it's not going to exist. Let's quit pumping. You know, why, why do we keep talking about it? You know, um, I, I'm not sure. And to to some of these, you know, LA, you know, center synergy based media outlets, I think that they're, you know, that that they push that narrative for a a reason. And I, I don't know that I care for it when it's about what's going on on the field. Yeah. And DJ DJU is in the house, folks. I mean, that's two two games in a row. That's Jonathan Smith, one of the youngest coaches. D, and you know, Jonathan was there when I was uh, when I was wrapping up my undergrad at Oregon State, and I'll never forget walking into Freddie Myers, and Jonathan was walking out of Freddie Myers, and my buddy looks over at me and goes. Can you believe that that guy is the is the actual quarterback of the Oregon State Beers? And I looked over at Johnson while he was walking out of Freddy's on Kings Boulevard, and I'm like, "Holy!" Jumping up and down, Martha, you're right. I mean, can you believe that kid is a Pac-10 quarterback? You know, because he was just nothing. You know, just like physically, you know, great. But it it goes to show you that Joe Montana's, Johnson Smith, those guys have great IQ make great coaches, make mm-hmm. great players, and Oregon State is is ready to go. All right. I like Oregon, that. 
I like that call. We're going to bring it this year. All right. I like that call, Billy. Thanks for giving us a ring. You got it, boss. All right. 541-497-5356, the Downward Dog phone line, the University Honda text line. I think we have a new caller, someone I've not heard of. Alan in L.A. calling in. Alan, good evening. That it is me. Hello. How are you from Los Angeles? I'm good. How are you? How's the sun? I'm doing okay. Uh, how's the sun? We're, we're enjoying the sun. Uh, we also enjoy our son who actually goes to Oregon State, so we're probably one of the few Southern California saying, go Beavers from our house. Okay. I want to say that what's fascinating is that we've been to a couple games up at Reeser Stadium, as well as we've been to a couple games at the Rose Bowl over at UCLA. Mm-hmm. Reeser Stadium was the 12th man today. What they did to UCLA when they got all the way to Oregon State 16, and they, they, the, UCLA, the, UCLA line, the UCLA line couldn't hear themselves because the fans with that 12th man on the field. I was so impressed by what I saw. Been to UCLA games. They're enthusiastic. Nothing like what you hear over at, at Reader. It's just an amazing thing to watch. I couldn't agree more. I've been to the Rose Bowl once. It was... I, I don't know if I would agree. Enthusiastic, though, you've been to more games, so you could probably you could probably vouch a little bit better than I have personally seen, but absolutely two totally different atmospheres. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay... So maybe, I mean, enthusiasm in the sense of, yeah, they, they were enjoying the game, but it was kind of like a polite kind of enthusiasm. Yeah, sure. What you have up there in Corvallis is just amazing to just be part of, and I, I am looking forward to hopefully going to another game before the season's out, but uh, just that 12th man that you had to work with was just an incredible thing just to witness here. It was just, it was just so much fun to watch. Yeah, that's awesome. You got anything else? No, that's pretty much it. I mean, just uh, go Beavers. Let's see what happens from here. All right. Thanks for the call, Alan. 541-497-5356. We got some texts rolling in, but we do have one last break to take. We do have both lines open if someone else wants to sneak in before this program finishes. The Downward Dog phone line, the University Honda text line. We'll take a break and be back uh, after this on Joe Radio. While you're out shopping for some new fall outfits, don't forget to update your top drawer wardrobe. Donabella has professional fitters to help even hard to fit women. At Donabella, your new bra will not only fit perfectly, it'll also make you feel beautiful. So take a good look at that top drawer and be honest, it could use a bit of an update. Stop by Donabella Lingerie, open Tuesday through Saturday on the north end of 2nd Street, downtown Corvallis. The fall means it's time for Oregon State football, a new season and hopefully a bowl game at the end of the year. It's also a good time to look at that home remodeling project. If you need new carpet, countertops, luxury vinyl, or window coverings, see the staff at Corvallis Floor Covering. They've been coaching Beaver fans and helping you get it done for over 30 years. Stop by and see their showroom full of all the popular brands that you know, love, and gotta have. They're on the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beavs! Like the OSU Beavers, our goal at Wilson Motors Ford is to exceed your expectations every time. We have a great selection of Ford vehicles, including the Escape, F-150, and Super Duty commercial vehicles. And we're always ready to match prices. Our great service and repair center will keep you coming back to purchase all your Fords right here at 5th and Buchanan, Wilson Motors, Ford, and Corvallis, or online at wilsonmotorsonline.net. Wilson Motors Ford, doing great things since 1940. Experience the Wilson Way difference. 
If you are a veteran and live in Lynn County, there are benefits and services available to you at Lynn County Veterans Services. You've earned them. Use them. Call 541-926-3882 and take advantage of what you've earned. Home loans, disability compensation, health care, transportation, and more. Lynn County Veterans Services is here to help you. If you are a veteran and live in Lynn County, call 541-926-3882 and thank you for serving your country. Lynn County Veterans Services, serving our local veterans. Five four one four nine seven fifty three fifty six. That's the way to get in on the Beaver Post Game Call-In Show. Brought to you by University Honda. Drive home your new Honda from University Honda. They're at twenty one fifty Northwest Ninth Street in Corvallis. They make buying a car easy. You can also find them online at newhonda.com. Stephen Newberg texting a lot of talk of the strength of the Bruins' run defense going into the game. Yeah, they were they're a pretty stout unit coming in. This tonight's going to skew it. Looks like the Beavs' yards per rush was about three times their previous rate. I haven't seen a run game like that. I think it was a bit of both. You're right. Haven't seen a great rush attack on top of the Beavers being an elite rushing team. Thanks for that text, Steve. Larry Hoffman texting in, living in Southern California. Caller is right. USC alums don't even view Oregon State as an actual school. Extreme arrogance. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Larry, for that. That's very good context. Thank you. Let's see here. Uh, name on this text. We don't I just have a lot of screenshots. Uh, 808 number. Oh, good grief. We won. Knock off the fan. Uh, the, the, the fan critics. I'm trying to understand the context of it. So this 808 number wants to follow up. I'm curious. So the exact text. I don't think this is inappropriate. So I'm just going to read it. Oh, good grief. We won. Knock off the quote unquote fan critics. Quit drinking. But I. I, I don't I don't know who, who it's referencing. But thank you. Tyler says I'm not crazy for the playoff. Okay. A 253 number contributing. My question off topic from today's game. Last week there were articles about Oregon State practicing in a quiet stadium because Cal fans are quiet. Was Oregon State mind gaming Cal fans to increase the audience? Maybe conspiracy theory that can't be true, but Oregon State drawing a large audience plays to its TV appeal. But it's not about the TV audience. I think it's all about the television audience uh, drawing a large audience. You're right. Well, Cal fans being quiet. I don't think it matters how many Cal fans show up for television. They don't care. They care how many people tune in on their broadcast. Oregon State was practicing in a quiet stadium because the California stadium is quieter than most, and they need to get used to operating that way. But thanks for that. Okay, we got the phone line lit up both lines. Let's go to Mike. On the Downward Dog phone line, Mike, good evening. Hey, how you doing? I'm good, how are you? I'm good. Um, I just called because uh, I've been a foot Beaver fan for 50 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been a football fan, a college football fan for that long or longer. Mm-hmm. And here's my philosophy has always been. You have a team like Oregon State that, is bad and good and bad and good. But before they get great, they have to have a great quarterback. Uh It happens every time. So I was hoping that this was the time that Jonathan came in, built us a team, and now 
I believe we have that great quarterback. You do? Okay. And that gives us a chance to be great. And by great, you mean playoff? I mean, I mean, as great as we can be. Yeah. But absolutely, I believe. And, and it, it happens, it's only happened so many times, uh, very few in the history of college football. But when it happens, it happens that way. Mm-hmm. Somebody builds a program, they build it up, and then they get that great quarterback. And hopefully, DJ is him. Okay. I, you know, he's on, a, he's on a pretty good path right now. That I think there's still a lot of levels for this team to unlock. But I'm, I'm with you. I th- like, in terms of, of potential greatness, yes, absolutely. You got anything well, else? Well, that why, that's why he came here. Yeah. That is, that you're right. And that, that's why he came here. And two weeks ago, I didn't believe this. Mm-hmm. That he had it because he couldn't do touch passes. He couldn't do that. And now look at him. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're right. So you guys should believe that we can win. I love the enthusiasm. You got anything else? Nope. That's good. All right. Thanks for calling in, Mike. Appreciate it. 541-497-5356. That's the Downward Dog phone line and the University Honda text line. Merrill Jr. on the line as well on the Downward Dog phone line. Good evening, Merrill. TJ, how's it going tonight? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, great win. I think, you know, I usually I usually ask a question or two about the officials, but, man, like, I was like, are they trying to job us on this one? You know, like, I think the McCartan, you know, sack, they, they claimed it was a it's because he touched his head, and he didn't touch his head from what I saw. Mm-hmm. And then just some questions, some other questionable, you know, holding stuff. They called a PI on us. I mean, I just felt for a while like as we the who some people said earlier, the crowd was angry. It was an angry crowd that I was getting angry, and it takes a lot for me to get angry at refs because I do think they have a difficult job. But it's like, come on! I mean, it, it seemed like that for I don't know, like like a good five to ten minute chunk in the game, we were just like, gosh, we're we're just getting jobbed here. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 the replay I saw, I did not think that was a foul in any sense of the way. I, I did not. I, I don't understand what he's supposed to do, and unless he's grabbing the face mask, I, I don't get it. I don't. That, that's what I think it looked like from the naked eye. Oh, it's going to be a face mask, but he definitely didn't, and they, they made the roughing signal. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, roughing, he, how can you rough a guy that doesn't throw the pass? Yeah. I, I had the and same question. I, I want to say they said, I don't quote me on this because I don't know 100%, but I thought I heard roughing the runner. Which is not a thing. He made the roughing signal. He made the roughing signal, and then it was actually Merle Sr. close to me had said, Roe, he said roughing the runner. And I was like, what? What is that? If, because it, he definitely made the roughing signal. Is there even a roughing the runner penalty? I, I don't think so. No, exactly. I, exactly. If there that's was a roughing the runner penalty, I think running backs would have longer shelf lives. I mean, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> it's that's why I thought we were getting jobbed. Yeah. Wow. That's um, maybe they made, they they thought that one up on the fly. Yeah. Uh, who knows? I know it was. I'm pretty sure it was a new. You know, they had that. You know, three. 
three head Pac-12, you know, officials, like, left mm-hmm. last year. I think this was a new head ref because I'd never seen him before. Um, so who knows? Could have been making stuff up. But what I do want to get to is there was a play second quarter, third down. Uh, DJ made a terrible decision and should have thrown a pick, and it got tipped, and Bolden snagged it for a 25-yard gain first down. It was a huge play. Yeah. And no one's, it was huge. I mean, it could have it should have easily been a pick. I think the linebacker is super tall and had both of his hands on it. Um, and Bolden, just the concentration. I mean, he's a stud out there. There's just nothing else to be said about him. Yeah. he Silas has made his probably made one of the biggest leaps of anyone on that offense this year in term maybe in terms of media perception, fan perception as well. I mean, he, I'm sure he's always known he he could do this, but that dude, when you need him to make a play, I mean, he's he's he is there. And, and I would say on that pick play, I mean. If things are going to break right for Oregon State this year and they're going to hit their ceiling, I mean, they, we know things need to go right. And I'd say that's like one tiny little example of that. Well, totally. And that's the thing. They hadn't, I will say, I don't think they've had any other breaks in the season for them. It's mostly been against them, you know, getting fake punted, uh, roughing the punter thing, uh, being just, just kind of bonehead stuff, you know, that's kind of been against them and they persevered through it. But that was, Kind of the first thing where I was like, okay, universe got us here, you mm-hmm. know. Um, the other, I mean, just props. I think, the, you know, DJ had such a great, I think he had a better game, frankly, than he did against Cal because you see, I mean, rarely, I said this on my text, rarely do I get, you know, by a front seven of a team, am I like, oh, they looked really good. UCLA was legit. I mean, big guys, like big dudes, fast. Contain the edge. I mean, I don't think we ran. Yeah, we did. We didn't run one reverse or anything like that. You know, we usually try and get a reverse guy, but mm-hmm. I think it's because we're afraid of their length. On yeah, the, on the edge. Yeah, yeah. They were. Uh, I, I said all the Beavers needed to do was score two touchdowns. I said, which which I was wrong. <laughs> but that I think that was more of a compliment to what their defense was. I mean, that Latu kid. Oh my God, he is. You can't block him. And they went, they had a few guys in the back, like in backups too. Like they, they went kind of eight deep on their D line. And they had some guys just off the edge that are like specimens. I mean, I'd never seen, they looked SEC type uh, on their front seven as far as just pure bodies get off the bus guys. Or I'm just like, these guys are huge. Mm hmm. Yeah. And that was impressive by, I mean, DJ had a lot of time on He had a really clean pocket on a lot of those throws. Um, where I'm just like, it, the, the offense, I love the evolution it's taking right now because I think they've been wanting these shot plays for a while, you know. Um, even in, Smith's always said, hey, we want balance, obviously. But getting these explosive shot plays has been the past two weeks-ish. Even against Utah, they had a few. It's just a game changer in what I think they want to operate. Mm-hmm. They want to just pound the ball, pound the ball, but then really kill the defense, like step on their throat over the top. And just the fact that that's coming through, I mean, it's just awesome. And they're only getting better. And that's just, I'm just super pumped about that because it, it reminds me a lot of when Jonathan was the quarterback. No. They, they would pound the ball, pound the ball, and then they'd have these shot plays to Chad Johnson and TJ Hushman's on it, you know, down the field. And they had a great tight end that year, too. 
um, which they have in Velling. So I'm just pumped for that. Um, but again, UCLA's front seven, and I do want to say I, I think I I reaffirm I think UCLA's two backs are better than ours. Okay, because I, I've I I've I was a little disappointed in Fenwick's fumble um, tonight. He did bounce back on pass pro. I was watching him on pass pro after that. He did bounce back, but I think UCLA's two guys. I mean, they just. They run hard, and somebody said it earlier, they, they can reverse field pretty. I think they're patient in the hole because there weren't holes at times, and then they busted it out. But it's our, I think, you know, strength of our defense is our two safeties. Yeah. They are great tacklers in space. That We do not give up big running plays except to number nine. I swear, TJ, that chip stroked, dude. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that guy was a stud. I guess maybe he just couldn't throw. He, I don't even think they attempted a pass with him, but maybe he really just couldn't throw. But oh my gosh, the guy was gashing us, and he was fast, and he knew how to run their zone read. Mm. And I'm like, what are they doing? Not putting this guy in more. I mean, we had no answer, zero answer for him. And then Dante and coming and throw a pick. Yeah, exactly. And then Jim, you know, try even after he threw the pick six. He, there's 40 seconds left, I think, and he was still trying to throw the ball down the field. I'm like, hey, good, go ahead. You know, like it was, I was shocked. I just, I thought that was pretty mismanaged, which is not like Chip to mismanage like that. Okay, I'm going to go back to maybe a, a point earlier that you had in that tangent. It was you who asked me, is like, does Oregon State know what their offensive identity is with DJ? Was that you? I, I I asked you about what what do the coaches think DJ's best throw is? Right. I think I think I wonder if so. I can't remember if someone else asked me that. I think somebody mentioned offensive identity, but I think your question was along those lines. But I I think we've kind of seen what it is or, or what it is with a clean pocket at very least. Yeah. Well, I just think really. I mean, I've always said they need to get Gould and Bold in the ball in space, period. Which you know, they have. Like those guys, I know, and that's the thing. Those guys in space are like something else. I mean, we don't – I mean, it looks like guys that Chip, ironically, used to have at Oregon mm-hmm. in space where there's like – where you're like, where's the defender? How come he's wide open? There's nobody covering him. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I just – I think complementing that at the all three levels where they have – you know, bold and deep. Gould's kind of the, and Irish are kind of in that medium intermediate. You know, they run a lot of deep outs, and then they have Belling to boot at the short level. I mean, they have a complete three-level offense. I mean, obviously, then they have the running game. Yeah, and the line to and the line to back it up, which is the glue that holds it all together. Totally, and I do want to give a shout. I mean. It made a huge difference, and they played awesome tonight. To uh, Cooper, having Cooper and Robinson back was a huge difference. I mean, they were uh, Robinson. I think had three just really good, solid. Where he turned his head, pass breakups. Mm-hmm. They were awesome. And then you know, even our we got in our depth a little bit, and Jack Connie made a great hit over the middle. This jarred a bar, ball loose kind of towards the end. I don't know if you remember that. Yep, hit him, and it's. To see that depth has been huge, but I mean, having Cooper and Robinson back, I think those two are two studs, you know, at our corners and really do give us an advantage there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we missed them last week. I mean, just flat out, we missed them. 
Yeah, and Coop's pick six. I mean, he that was an awesome play by him. I mean, he's playing off. He's staring at Dante the entire time. Yep. He knows exactly yep. where the ball is going, and he, he times it perfectly. And that's that's what the best do. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, I that's the, Dante Moore, again, can make all the throws, you know. Um, but he's, I think just mentally he's not quite there yet of, uh, you know, staring the guys down. I mean, they even said that in practice, the Beavs did at least. Oh, yeah, he stares the guys down. Yeah, yeah, that, that <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> and yeah. uh, the other thing I was thinking is, you know, I'm, I'm back and forth on this whole Childs thing, all right, putting him in. I do think they're 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 trying to get him meaningful reps. I mean, that's what they kind of said, but so he doesn't transfer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's a huge part of it. Yeah, that they want him to get meaningful reps, feel comfortable, and feel like he's you know a real player for our team, not just a, the redshirt quarterback, right? Yeah, I, I will say Jonathan has some some stones to keep doing it in these critical. Like he he just does it on the third possession, no matter what. I mean, in the past two weeks, even three weeks. I mean, even they've had really good field position each time he's gone in, and like the past two weeks, they've had it on. I think he went in after a big uh, bolding kick return last week, and then he went in here after what what happened. I'm trying to remember. Oh, a pick the pit. There was another pick, and he was in like in the red zone. That was his possession in the red zone both times. And he's come through both times. Yeah. And I do think his he's got that same demeanor that I like from DJ, just the calm demeanor where, you know, I, I can you ask Jonathan, I mean, for me, TJ, I know you will for me, or can you have Mike just ask Jonathan about a child's demeanor? Because I'm interested to what he'd say, because, I mean, I think he's kind of, unflappable. I mean, he does what the coaches say and he does. And I mean, you have had to take a few timeouts, but it's no panic. And that's a huge, I mean, I love it. That's a good observation. Uh, you got anything else, Merle? Oh, do I, um, land banning down, down the road. Wow. Uh, I mean, I, you know, Mario or land banning, what could clock management in game management. It's, it's the same. It's the same, and it's amazing that Duck fans um, making fun of Mario, you know, the f- one short week ago. And Land Banning has proven in three rivalry games to have major strokes each time. So that just warms my heart, really. I hope he keeps doing it. I, I also love how he doubles down after the game and says, oh, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be talking about it if we would have scored a TD. Well, yeah, duh. <laughs> you know? Come on, that, that's that's the kind of oh well you want to be questioning me if you would have won the game well yeah, but you stroke three times dude, and I think that the other thing I will give props Jonathan I felt was in contrary to Land Danning, and yes his name's Land Danning TJ don't refer to him as his actual name thank you okay um, but the other thing I will give Jonathan props on I thought they kicked all three field goals they kicked were the right calls. And that was huge. It ended up being huge. First, I was like, oh, field goals aren't going to win the game. You know, you kind of instantly go to that. But I think each time it was it was not a manageable distance. And Atticus props to him, knocked them all three through. And it was a difference in the game, being up that two possessions versus just one possession each time. Mm-hmm. I, no, I agree with you there. I thought, yeah, I thought that those decisions were correct. Um, 
Yeah, I don't have anything off of uh, Land Danning, unless you want to respond to Andy Mitchell. He, I mean, he asked the question. It's like difference between Willie Taggart, Mario Cristobal, and and, and Land. Like, I, I I see a difference, but I'm obviously I'm not a Beaver. Uh, well, Land Land has the corniness. I think Mario used car used car salesman is the best thing to describe Mario. Um, who cares about Willie Taggart? He's irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> and Land Danning is just, I think he's just a fake football coach. You know, he takes things from, they were popular, Good to Great was a book that was popular 30 years ago. And he acts like it's groundbreaking right now. And he's like, oh, we read that over the summer. We did a SWOT analysis. Dude, that was 20 years ago. That was popular in business, okay? Not, not in 2023. Nice try. But it's that fake coach stuff that he probably, you know, just was around Kirby Smart and was like, oh, we did this 15 years ago, and so I'm going to say it now. I'm going to be make that part of my thing. No, you're a fraud. Okay? <laughs> Anyways, my last point. Yeah, go ahead. Is that, I, I don't know if you noticed this, but on punts now, we have our two, our two gunners on our punts to this game. Did you notice this? No. Josiah Irish standard always Bolden was the gunner on the rest of the punts. The other the opposite gunner of Irish. Hmm. Okay. They're running Bolden and Irish down there, which I think is amazing. Getting getting your best players on the field whatever possible. I know we had, you know, Tyjon Lindsay doing that last year, but it's a whole different animal having Silas Bolden run down there on a gunner. Yeah, the so, only I was gonna say the only thing I worry about with Silas, he's a little undersized for tackling, but if you know they're confident he could do it. Then why not? Totally, totally. Also, one last thing I sure. need you to ask Jonathan or have Mike do it. Sure. Did they, have they moved Alton Julian to middle linebacker? That because he, I'm sure that question's going to get asked. I saw him out there because he was out there against Cal. Yeah. for like three plays at middle linebacker. He spelled I forget who he spelled, um, but. Then he was out there a bunch tonight when Hart went down mm-hmm. and at middle linebacker. It wasn't like they were playing safety or whatever. He was at yeah. middle linebacker. So I'd love to know if that's an official position switch because I, th- I do think he needs to see the field. I think he was our best defender two years ago before he got hurt. So I'm glad they're getting him on the field in some way. But if you could ask that, that'd be great. Other than that, we will see you in two weeks, TJ. Yep, two weeks. In Tucson. Um, and what do we got? We got go Cougs next week, not because we're in a brotherhood or anything. I'm not in a brotherhood with them, but because I think they're going to wake up, have some fire in Eugene and break the O, um, and maybe land Danning and his SWAT analysis will quit the season. Um, and they'll just fold when Washington state beats them at home. You're hearing him now, TJ Cam Ward will have the game of his life one better than he had against Oregon State, okay? Okay. Well, I'll hold you to that, and we'll uh, check back in in two weeks. Okay, over and out, team. All right, thanks, Merrill. Always making me laugh. All right, I think that'll do it here on the Beaver Postgame Colin Show. We do have a couple of texts that have linked in uh, asking about Charles's red shirt. Yes, it is burned. Uh, so sweet to beat the Chipster. Thank you for that, Doug. Uh, Andy adding in DJ's stats and saying... The Beavers would have been eleven and one minimum last year with DJ Coletto would have uh, and Coletto would have not won the Paul Horn not or would have uh, would have not won the Paul Horning Award. Okay, thank you, Andy. Uh, okay.
Okay, a couple things from Paul. Had more buses because the players were so big. The number nine quarterback was injured on the long run on the 11-yard line, so it couldn't be- come back in the fourth quarter. Okay, thank you, Paul. Uh, Bob from Tacoma, thank you for texting in. Uh, following up to his earlier text, saying, enjoy the show. Thank you for listening, Bob. Appreciate it. And then one final from CJ Chip not going for two and making an eleven-point game on multiple games changed the tra- or multiple times changed the trajectory of the game. Could have easily kicked on that last possession and gone for the inside, but conservative decisions put them in a bad spot. Okay, thank you, CJ, and thanks to everyone who tuned in here on this University Honda Beaver postgame call-in show for Dale Hummel. I'm TJ Matthews, and we'll be right back here in two weeks. The Beavers in Arizona don't know what time we'll be on. Hopefully not too late. Hopefully it's not a 7.30 kickoff. That sounds a little late. But we'll uh, we'll hope for something a little bit earlier and something a little bit more reasonable so we can get everybody in on that time. So until then, we'll talk to you next time on 93.7 FM and Joe Radio.